When you need internal audit, SOX, or IT audit support, contact Thomas Molinex at Revision Management Consulting. Based in Houston, Texas, his experts average 15 years experience in a variety of industries and business types. Contact Thomas today via Messenger here on LinkedIn or at thomas at r-vmc.com. Again, that is thomas at r-vmc.com. Hey, what's happening, guys? Hello. Happy Friday. We're back. We're back. We're We're the gang's back together again. Back together again on episode number 52 of the Friday Frost of the Ivy League incident. 52, man. Does that mean we've been doing it? I mean, we've been doing it for over a year because we did miss a couple weeks, but I think 52 is a pretty big milestone. It is. It's a huge milestone. Our baby is all grown up. Our baby. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and Mariel is here today. Um, uh, so Mary. I would like to start off by thanking Robert for my I Love Audit shirt that my auditors this morning absolutely loved. So hopefully that audit guy got some orders today. And hopefully maybe we have a couple of them jump on with us. Ooh, now that would be nice. So if you want your I Love Audit shirt, you guys go to thatauditguy.com. Go to the store. You have several different colors to choose from. Black, white, pink, peach, orange, whatever you want. It is there. And if you don't see your favorite color, just email me and we can get it for you. Um, I have pink just for Kelly. I got the pink one too. (laughs) Where's my pink one, Robert? Robert, where's my pink one? Robert. We have pink. You have to buy them, Robert. Won't well, just be nice and send them. Although I just, I just uh, read on my LinkedIn that Robert was going to make me an I Love Ethics shirt. He originally said he was going to do I Love Fraud, and then he decided maybe that was <laughs> a good idea. Is that kind of anyway? But. Yeah, I thought that might not be a good idea, but the I Love Ethics shirt, Joe, I will send you an I Love Ethics shirt, and they will be for sale on the website by Sunday. that's the beauty when you do all this stuff you know when you just have this creative brain and you just need to put it to work because you just get bored sometimes i love it i think it's awesome so thanks for putting this out into the universe rob yeah well i mean we do love ethics oh i want to start by saying guys that this week's story with it happening at yale who applied to yale and didn't get in not me Not me. (laughs) But you know what? People are like, I'm really, really smart. I can't get ripped off. I think that, you know, the med school at Yale is probably pretty good. And yet they got ripped off. So. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. (laughs) Well, okay. So here's what I'll say. Equal opportunity opportunity fraud. (laughs) I worked in higher ed for 15 years, and it's a different environment. There's a lot of trust in those environments. So even Yale, yes, can get ripped off because of the high level of trust that they place in people in higher education environments. Now, Thomas said, sure, we love fraud because it happens. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, Yeah, budgets don't prevent it, something like that. I got you, Thomas. <laughs> 
So, my friends, what are we talking about today? Well, you guys have probably seen the story, right? Oh, should I put it in? The, I'll put it in the comments. Oh, Joe's going to drop it in the chat. But here's what here's what's been happening, you guys. An administrator at Yale has admitted to stealing over $40 million in computers and electronics from the university. Now, I want you to understand four zero, not four million, not 14 million, 40 million dollars in computer equipment. And she said that she was secretly reselling it for her own profit. So now for years, Jamie Patron, she was a lead administrator at the medical school's emergency medicine department. And she was authorized to purchase computer equipment for the school without approval as long as it was below ten thousand dollars. At least as early as 2013, she is accused of ordering or instructing her employees to place large orders for equipments in amounts below the $10,000 threshold. Now, she voluntarily allowed herself to be interviewed by the FBI. And in August, she said that about 90% of her purchases were probably fraudulent, 90%. Now she's held various positions in the organization since 1999. Whew. Joe, Kelly, what, what you guys think about this? Uh, okay, so it's a big number. She did it 4,000 times, 4,000 times. That's, you know, that's crazy. And, oh, Sorry. no, just, um, and guess how it got caught, guys? Anonymous. I did. I did. Tips I did. by fraud. Yep. Yeah. Um, and wasn't it four thousand? Wasn't it really supposedly over like three years, or was it more than that? It was a lot in the whatever period of time it was, though. Is the point? Yeah. Yeah. What about yeah. data analytics in this? Oh, geez. Like, Look, wait, when you need. Yeah, weren't we taught? Thanks, Doug said he likes the shirt. You can thank Rob, Rob, for the shirt. Um, I, I mean, isn't this why we were taught? Look right under the thresholds. For I mean, this is one of the. This is like Auditor One on One Hundred One, right? This is when we were using Excel and not for data analytics, right? We're we're supposed to. You're supposed to look for that right under the transaction. And how many would we have seen? For $9,980 within a certain time period, it would have been ex exorbitant, Exor what, exorbitant, whatever. Well, and that's why I say the whole surprise and delight. If you only look at numbers like, say, over 10, pull one that's under 1,000. Like, I, I love to call it surprise and delight. Keep your employees on their toes. Yes, absolutely. Well, I've had, sorry, go ahead, Rob. You know, something very interesting about this. She said that she was doing it for at least 10 years. So some form of data analytics may not have worked if 90% of her transactions were fraudulent because the number would have still been high. However, the test, like you guys just said, the test of those right under 10,000, they were saying that in court documents, one purchase in particular where she purchased a bunch of uh, tablets, $115,000 worth, she created several invoices that were right under the $10,000 threshold. Well, that would have been easy because the invoice number probably would have been would have been the same or they would have been like invoice number 123A, 123B, 123C and all that good stuff. So data analytics definitely would have caught it. Yes, Joe. 
And she didn't even do it. She had her assistant do that one. That is what, like, literally I copied and pasted that one because you're getting into two different options here. Collusion, you're involving in others in your crime, which obviously I don't think that's what this case was, but the assistant didn't question it. And um, this, the second thing is, sadly, assistants like this, they're with the mentality or hired with the mentality, we are hired to do not think. And that is my absolute like least favorite thing. And I've actually had auditees tell me that when I couldn't talk to a person in AP, when I couldn't, you know, well, why? Well, because I hire them to do, not think. And I just, I mean, that is a soapbox for me because that is what gets organizations in trouble. You are not training people to think. You are just training them to do. Otherwise, this assistant would have blown her cover long before. She even had people helping her break up invoices. That's crazy to me. Yeah, and like Kelly just said in the chat, people were probably intimidated by her. Yeah. So now yeah, she rolls up in her G-Wagon. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Stuff and her glitz and glamour. Rob, yeah, wait, 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 wait. On it. Before we get there, before we get there, this one transaction we were talking about, she broke it, broke it up into 13 smaller orders, less than uh, $10,000. Now she had the tablets shipped to a business with an address on Long Island. And now the person that accepted delivery of them was an ex-con who was convicted in New York in 2012 for enterprise corruption. Then the bank records show that that Long Island business transferred $1.4 million to another business that has since been devolved, dissolved where she was the principal. And then about $71,000 of computer sales and tablets went somewhere else. So they traced the money through the system. But, but now... Before we talk about the property, anybody want to guess what she was convicted of? Where's <laughs> Hal when you need him? Where is Hal? Wait, Hal? wait is wire fraud or tax evasion? Wait, I don't know. <laughs> or both. How about both? <laughs> now, they said that she she uh, filed false tax returns from 2013 to 2016 and that the theft the fraud caused the IRS a loss of about $6.4 million for which she faces as much as 20 years in prison. Yeah. And didn't it say that she filed fraudulent tax returns from 2013 to 2016, and then she didn't file them at all from 2017 to 2020? So I'm like, wow, that, uh, that gets kind of even worse there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she she in, involved her husband. Yes. Mm. Yes, yes. Yeah. Her so husband. Now Christine guessed taxes and we had Harvey guessed taxes. I mean wire fraud. Both winners. Winner winner. Winner winner chicken dinner. <laughs> Love it. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Now, now, now you know when stuff like this happens, the government always seizes property or you forfeit the property. So she was ordered to turn over to the government $560,421 and a whopping 14 cent from a bank account, but then also a 2014 Mercedes Benz G55, 
G550, a G-Wagon, a 2017 Land Rover, a 2015 Cadillac Escalade Premium, a 2020 Mercedes-Benz Model E450A, a 2016 Cadillac Escalade, and a 2018 Dodge Charger. I want you, I want you to know that that Mercedes, that G550, that car is uh, brand new, over $120,000. I was following one today and I was like, ooh, should I like pull over and ask if I can take a picture of it? Ooh. How much do you think all those cars are worth? I'm not a car person. I should have asked my husband who is, but I mean, that's a big chunk of change, right? I mean, even though some of them were a little older. Easily over a half a million. At the yeah, time, that's what I was thinking. She bought them new, obviously, because this happened from like 2013 to 2016 was her fraud. So... She did buy property. Yes. So yes. Um, they oh. are going to get some money back. And I took a look at one of her houses and I was like, mm, I don't think it's, it doesn't look so nice. I mean, it's not bad, but stealing $40 million, I want a nicer house. I'm thinking that based on some of the pictures in one of the articles, it was a little bit more about lifestyle and throwing the money out. Yeah. Uh, and I'm pretty sure when we first, the three of us started talking about this fraud, that um, somebody said, did she go to Disney? And then somebody said she probably bought Disney. Which, <laughs> 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 so you two are funny. That's just <laughs> I, I, Well, yeah. you know, she probably did buy Disney. So, so yeah. This I'm case guessing. is so, it's so um, cookie cutter. I mean, really, it's like yeah. so cookie cutter. It reminds me of the one at the, I think it was a university or a government, I can't remember, that where the guy stole the printer ink and, and right, or the toner, and he resold that, right? That was his scam too. So, I mean, this is, this is cookie cutter now. Yeah, and yeah. people think misappropriation of assets can't be big. This is a pretty <laughs> big example. She's pink. She is pink. <laughs> Look at that. I showed that in the class I did this week. I just, I, ha I had to, I couldn't help myself. Um, Alaba asked about Louis Vuitton assets. Do you have the picture of the Louis Vuitton asset, Rob? Oh, we do. Oh, Let yeah. me see. There's always wait, like, wait a minute. Wait, wait. Oh, well, hold on. Before we get there, there's the kid in a Dolce and Gabbana uh, pajamas. Wow. Yeah. Nice. What's there the we are. Yeah. yeah. Louis Vuitton purse. And shoes. Wait, are those shoes? Oh, those are shoes. Oh, what? yeah, those are boots. Oh. High heel boots, yes. Oh, yeah. What about the fuzzy bag? There we go. Yeah, fuzzy bag. There's the Louis Vuitton fuzzy bag. You know what? I'm still waiting on my Louis Vuitton teddy bear. <laughs> I, knew that was I was just in New York, and I wanted to go to, like, Canal Street to see if I could get a knockoff one. But... It's really not cool to support the knockoffs. So I, I didn't rob. Sorry. I thought about it. I and then I was like, well, maybe I should just take a picture. But time got away from me. Kelly told me I wasn't allowed to give everybody a knockoff bag. At the fraud retreat, I thought it would be good swag bag to give. But she said, no, I couldn't do that. So I guess that's unethical. I get it. I won't buy knockoffs. But I want to organize crime on that. So, um, and by the way, on my flight this past weekend, I started watching the house of Gucci. Have either of you seen that? So my flight 
um, was shorter than the movie was. So I have about 40 minutes left in the movie, which I'll watch this weekend when I get on another plane uh, to go to the IIA Leadership Academy in Orlando. So if any of our IIA chapter leaders are on or listening or watching later, I will see you there next week. But um, anyway, I'm going to watch the rest of it. It's really intriguing. So you guys should put House of Gucci on your list. Lady Gaga is really good at it. Really I've good. heard that. Yeah. She's an excellent actress. Oh, yeah. Really. All right, you guys. Alaba says, in some organizations, thinking is not allowed. Just follow the perfect and holy process and hierarchy. Mm -hmm. Perfect. But you know what else I was thinking? This, these two would have been the perfect case to do what Kelly always talks about, the parking lot audit. Check out this Range Rover and this Escalade. Mm -hmm. Check out, there's the Mercedes right there. Well, two Mercedes actually right there in the garage. Yeah. Yeah. Parking lot audit, <laughs> garage audit, a lot of cars here. 100% for them. And there she is, I guess, in their kitchen cooking up some crimes. I mean, uh, cooking up some dinner. I wonder if that was a stolen iPad or a work iPad. Ah, oh, you know what? Oh, that's a Surface Pro. It probably is because that's uh, what was listed as uh, the, the computers that were stolen. They were Microsoft Surface Pros. Wow. There's the Escalade again. It is crazy to think. I, I think um, it made me, I know we started talking about this a little bit. I had an old audit client that literally would only test um disbursements over a certain dollar amount so like you know any disbursement over five hundred thousand dollars or even a million dollars like that's all and that's all this the you know higher up senior execs would say we care about it's all we care about but these ten thousand dollar transactions added up to 40 million are you going to tell me they didn't care about 40 million dollars i just i think this is cookie cutter but a good reminder of how you know a trickle down snowball effect happens and that snowball would rolls right over some of these orga smaller organizations. So um, <laughs> I say it's not rocket science, but in this one, because it's at the Yale School of Medicine, I'm going with the, it's not brain surgery. <laughs> well, you know what I always like to say? I always like to say it's not rocket surgery. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 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 Here's the thing, though. One of the big issues in this is just my opinion, and it goes back to what Alaba was saying about people in organizations aren't allowed to think. Well, oftentimes auditors are not allowed to think or taught to think, and they have the tick mark, the check mark audit programs. So coming up next week on my podcast, Audit Bites, the title of next week's show is going to be Audit Leaders Are Failing Future Auditors. Audit leaders are failing future auditors. I'm going to make some people happy by the things that I say, and I'm going to piss a few people off. But in the end, I really don't care because nobody's going to be able to dispute what I say because it's what we're seeing in our profession. And it mirrors recent surveys coming out from the Institute of Internal Auditors. So if you're not connected to me, connect with me. You're going to see it come out, the, the whole spill for it pretty soon as I schedule it. Audit leaders are failing future auditors. If you want your I Love Audit shirt, you can go to thatauditguy.com to get your audit shirt. If you want to hear a great podcast about fraud in addition to the Friday Froster, you got to check out Great Women in Fraud. 
from Kelly. You can see it right over there, greatremininfraud.com. If you want to check out a good, good, good book on fraud, you probably should check out this book over here, The Everyday, Becoming the Everyday Ethicist. Mm -hmm. But here's the big thing, though, the capstone event that you need to check out. It's a fraud retreat. Have you ever heard of a fraud retreat? Neither have I until now because Joe has created a fraud retreat. Joe, tell them about the fraud retreat, please. Joe, Joe went crazy for a minute and thought she could become a speaker slash meeting planner and realized how hard that job is. So uh, there's my shout out to every chapter, IIA chapter or association leader or corporation that's put together trainings. It's not an easy task. Um, it was kind of like wrangling cats at, be at the beginning with speakers, but I love all my, my cats, Kelly being one of my <laughs> favorites. Uh, no, there is going to be excellent speakers. You guys should see the lineup. Go to fraudretreat.com. Um, I just recruited somebody else for our fraud visionary panel, which will be at the beginning of day two. So this is August 4th and 5th in person at the Gaylord Rockies outside of Denver. It's right by Den the Denver airport. I've got two hotel options. Um, you can do one night at the Gaylord. You've got, I've got a great rate at another hotel within walking distance. Um, seriously, it's been a lot of work, but I would never give this up because this is going to be the experience I think of a lifetime when it comes to a conference. I hope we get to do this every year. I hope it's that much of a success. Um, and I just absolutely can't wait. And plus Kelly, Rob and I are going to do Friday Fraudster from person there. So, I mean, you might as well just be there with us in the audience. Come on. Why not? All right. So while we're here talking about this. Let me just talk to these ACFE chapters out here because I've been talking to a few. You should probably call us so that we can take Friday Froster on the road. Wouldn't that be good to broadcast Friday Froster from your chapter? Wow, we also speak about fraud. Mm -hmm. and we, you could have an all-day event with the three of us. That sounds like fun to me. That sounds like fun. All right, so look, what, what in the world happened here? What happened to make this happen to let this happen we got to talk about that we had a gross well a gross loss or lack of controls in the environment you got these invoices under ten thousand dollars that didn't require any additional approval now i will say especially in most companies that's kind of normal especially in higher education it's very normal however this woman was the finance director your finance director shouldn't be the one who can have carte blanche approval, which is why I'm guessing she had people that worked underneath her to actually do the invoices. The people underneath her should have been blowing the whistle. So that the question for me becomes, did they do it out of fear because their boss told them to do it? Or did she give any of them a kickback? And that is what incentivized them to do it. So that's the question that I have. The second so question I have. Oh, go oh, ahead, Kelly, go ahead. There is a woman, Minnie Mangum, may she rest in peace. She always, um, she stole back in the 30s, but she always hired people that she considered to be not as smart as her. And one, and the story is like, one got through and she's the one who the gig came, you know, came I due. love that one got through, like a good, yeah. a good a good seed got through. Oh my gosh. Good. Yeah. Oh. But she said she would hire people that she thought were, you know, not so bright. Like maybe this woman hired people that she was like, yeah, they're not so bright. They won't figure it out. Or 
we could go mm. to the dark side where Rob says that, you know, they were co-conspirators, sort of. It could be like uh, the case of like the Enrons of the world where you just had a lot of lap dogs working for you saying, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. We And just do what they told. So that could be it, too. But you know what? This could be a lesson to audit and compliance folks, especially for those who are listening now. If you ever hear a supervisor talking bad about some of their employees, that may be a red flag. Because even if you hire someone who is not as smart as you, at some point, they've got to frustrate you because they aren't doing the job. Well, it's like that one supervisor that told me I hire people to do not think. And I mean, that that was a, the culture within that department. And um, I, it was a huge red flag. Let's just put it that way. That that audit was interesting. <laughs> or a pink flag. Or a pink flag. Or, there was no, maybe no theft going on, but there was definitely some issues going on in there. Yeah, yeah. So data analytics could have brought this to light. Uh, having good controls could have brought this to light. And we, like Kelly said earlier, someone blew the whistle. An anonymous person said, hey, this is not right. And that is how this got caught. Um, she's scheduled to be sentenced in June, I believe. So in a couple of months, she'll have her sentencing and we'll know what, how long she's going away. Somebody asked a question about the husband. Listen, I will say. Would he be an accomplice? I saw that too. I don't know. I mean, you I know. Do you think in my experience, in my experience, they use it as a hammer. They have a kid. So, and she's going away for a long time. So they might just say, you know, we're not breaking up. Um, but a lot of times they use it as a hammer. It's like, if you don't cooperate, we're going to go after, you know. So um, I haven't seen anything about the husband besides that, you know, he own, owned this company. Um, didn't the, didn't the well, didn't the fruitcake fraud guy, the fruitcake fraud guy, didn't his wife get off scot-free? She didn't even, yeah, she didn't yeah. get anything. So, and that was, the, that one, this one kind of reminds me of that one a little bit. I don't know why, but. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think with that, it, it just depends, right, on how much leverage they have and or need and how much they're willing to flex that, you know, we got to bring your spouse in, especially especially in cases where you know how much your spouse makes and you know good and well that you can't afford the lifestyle that you've been living. I don't know if that was the case here because we know that, well, because it's Yale, Yale's a private, so um, we don't know how much she was making, but I imagine it probably was about 150 to maybe 170,000 a year. Uh, I don't know how much the husband was making, but on that kind of salary, you could not afford the cars that she had. I mean, you, you just simply could not. They had almost half a million dollars worth of vehicles along with the two proper three properties there were two properties in uh long island where they were from i think it was long island and then another one down in uh georgia close to atlanta which is not cheap either um and then there was the half a million in a bank account so they had half a million dollars cash in a bank account uh is she on linkedin did anybody look i looked and could not find her but i'm yeah, not the best there is one that says Lith uh, Lithia Springs, Georgia, zero followers, though. I think that, I mean, it could be. That's where she lived, Lithia That's Springs, Georgia, yeah. There's nothing on there. I was just, I kind of forgot to do that. I meant to do that to see. 
what all yeah. her experience and background was. Oh, it's always intriguing. Yeah. And you know, yeah. my, my guess was that at some point they knew they were going to get caught because she, she voluntarily uh, was interviewed by the FBI. And it sounds like as soon as the tip came in, they just said, okay, we're caught. Uh, so, so we'll see what happens if they do an Elizabeth Holmes, you know, with the kid, Hey, we have a kid, this, that, and the other, because we've seen that happen before. Yep. Um, so do you want it real quick before we close for the day? Do you want to, uh, to do a ethics? Can I ask an ethical question? Mm -hmm. I know that Rob always calls me the ethics expert. Um, I've actually already texted Kelly to get her thoughts on this. Uh, I have been asked because of our Friday Fraudster show and me dressing up for Halloween as Elizabeth Holmes, I was asked to dress like Elizabeth Holmes to speak at a conference. And Kelly and I, Kelly and I, I've been Googling this. I'm not a lawyer. We know how Kelly feels about lawyers. We, um, I, you know, I don't want to get in trouble. Like, I do not want Elizabeth Holmes to sue me for impersonating her. And um, what I'm coming up with is, no, I really can't do this because um, I would be making money, essentially could be perceived as making money on her behalf. Even though uh, I, you know, I, I do talk about the ethical dilemmas in the Theranos case a lot in my trainings. Anyway, I just thought that'd be a fun thing to throw out to the Friday Fraudster crowd and to you guys. So You know what? Oftentimes, celebrities are exempt from uh, uh, laws that affect others. I mean, Saturday Night Live could do it, so why can't you? I, and I can't remember what the exact uh, exemption is, but when you become a public figure, there's certain things that they are exempt from when it comes to privacy and when it comes to what you can talk about. But here's the thing. Here's my question. Mm -hmm. Will there be a costume fee? that you will charge them in order for you to dress up. Now stop there. Kelly, you were about to say something. <laughs> no, I, it's just, um, there's always going to be a lawyer out there that will take any type of case. So, um, and clearly she loves to hire lawyers. So. Yeah. And clearly uh, she's got the resources. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I like, yeah, I like that. But I like that, Heather. That is good. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, I thought about just wearing my black turtleneck and black pants and just being myself. But then maybe at the end, I could be like, who do I look like? I don't know. You know, there's always there's ways, right? But uh, but anyway, I thought you guys would get a kick out of that. That um, uh, I, I told the person I probably couldn't do it. That was my ethical decision on it, even though it was fun to dress up on Friday Froster for uh, as her. So. So Christine says, I would worry about getting money over the likeness of you. If you weren't getting paid, I would say go for it. Heather says, maybe have a person in the crowd look like her, but not have her say anything. And Doug, Doug says there's no law against impersonating a random person either. And he's asking the question, just a weird ask. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, good stuff. Well, it was fun. Thanks for letting me ask my question. Maybe you should do, ask them to speak on Halloween. Mm, so everybody's dressed up. <laughs> there you go. That's good. Actually, the conference is in the fall. I could uh, could go back and say, hey, what do you think? <laughs> and you know Halloween. what? See, 
this is why you ask your community questions. This is the power of having a community of folks that you can, you know, like talk to and get engaged with. So now talking about community, Joe, you bring together a community of people once a month for a book club that we all know and love, right? I do. And I just put out May's. So April's is over. Um, so hopefully a couple of you were on there. It was awesome. I got to have Aralma Pozo on with her pearls of wisdom. And she was a lot of fun to talk to. I got email after email after saying, literally, this is what I needed to hear in my life today. So Pozo, if you listen to the replay, I don't think you're out there. Um, great job. But next month we have somebody who's coming to the fraud retreat to share her book. So she's been on Kelly's great women in fraud podcast. Her name's Cheryl Obermiller. She will be on the CPE oh, book yeah. club May 25th talking about her book. Let me get it. Fraud points. So um, good. And it's so, I mean, talk about it's everything we talk about on Friday Fraudster too. So it would be a direct connection. Uh, so any of you interested, go out there. Uh, the coupon code for our Friday Fraudster guests is points. Just the word points, $5 off. Uh, and join us May 25th. Awesome. And speaking of community, I have a surprise for you all coming next week. I have a community that I'm starting for us auditors. And we can actually go live inside the community and even do after hours things, you know? So you guys, let's get ready for, for some excitement. That app I told you about, it is coming soon as well. Audit resources all in one app. I've been working on a lot because, well, what else do I have to do? So. <laughs> it's work. This is your work. Your work <laughs> is to help all of us be better auditors. So. It most Ooh, definitely no is option for the retreat. That's where I was going next. Oh, Doug, you know what? So this retreat was supposed to be in person in 2020. It obviously, thanks to the pandemic, got delayed. I tried to do it virtual 2021. Um, a lot of my guests just weren't ready to convert to virtual. Either they were burnt out or they just didn't want to do uh, that. So, you know, I've spoken to Kelly and the other speakers, and we've decided this is all going to be about connecting with each other. This is a retreat model. And, you know, retreat to me is getting in the same room and brainstorming and talking and seeing people's visions and getting to connect over things like that. And so we're going to stick with in-person only, uh, at least for this year. And uh, we'll see how, where it goes from there. I love that everybody's starting to do the hybrid option. That's the way of our world. But we're going to keep this pretty intimate for this first year. So um, hopefully you guys can get some of that travel budget and come to Denver in August. August the 4th and 5th? Mm -hmm. It's a Thursday and Friday, so you can spend the weekend here. It's beautiful in August. Oh, it sure is. So we expect to see everyone at the Fraud Retreat. So you guys, episode number 52 of the Friday Froster, the Ivy League incident. Hmm. This young lady admitted to stealing over $40 million in equipment. $40 million. Simple checks could have saved the day, internal auditors. Look for those split invoices. She did one split invoice 13 times under $10,000. Now, that should have been a red flag for almost anyone. But it wasn't in this case because apparently she was able to get away with this for at least three or four years, maybe even 10. Who knows? Now, some of the things she bought, three or four homes, it looks like, some expensive cars, including a G-Wagon. Man, she had some Louis Vuitton stuff. She had her kid in a Dolce & Gabbana pajama set. 
So clearly they were living life high on the hog. So look, auditors, parking lot audits, like Kelly always says, look at the parking lot. Look at the cars that people were driving. Listen at the trips that they tell you that they've been going on. Look at the jewelry that they're wearing, because we all saw the pictures of her. She had some jewelry. She had the nails done. I mean, it's not that hard. And this fraud was discovered, per usual, anonymous tip. Kelly says, purses. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, but. But but not if it's a man, right? Maybe not purses. <laughs> Nowadays, maybe so. You know. Could be a purse. Could be a purse. Could be the man purse. You are right. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us again on another episode. Kelly, Joe, any last words? No. Nope. Have a great weekend. See be you good. guys next week.